You are listening to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. For more information about the Pursuit of Manliness or find out about the herd, make sure you visit thepursuitofmanliness.com. Well, we are once again out in the garage, and we're going to walk through Genesis chapter 40. Joseph interprets the two prisoners' dreams. Now, hopefully, sounds a little better for you guys who are listening in your um, your Air, AirPods, earbuds, whatever you guys got, your car stereo, whatever. Uh, trying to figure out the sound a little bit better out here. You guys know for a long time. A lot of you guys know for a long time. This is this actual space right here is where I recorded a, a lot of stuff for pursuit of manliness. And some of you guys, like guys in tribe, that came uh, to the retreat, they said we want to see. We want to see the garage, and I'm like, it ain't that exciting. But they came in. It's fun. We take pictures, whatever, man. I, I, I'm so thankful for you guys that listen to this, that watch this, that leave feedback and comments and share the show. I really am. And as I was just telling a guy last night on a podcast, there's nothing great about me. Uh, you guys meet me, and you say, he, he's just a regular guy. All I'm trying to do is, with a strong conviction, is implore us to keep moving the same direction uh, towards Jesus to become better, better men, better, better husbands and fathers. Um, <clears throat> and I, and I, there's two things. <clears throat> forgive me. There's two ways that we do this. Number one, we're going to get in the Word. We're going to talk about the Word. We're going to do our best to to do that. Number two, we're going to get around really good community, which is something we're lacking. I I, I know it. There's been times in my life I desperately lacked it. And if you don't know you're lacking it, then you kind of just kind of get used to doing what you're doing. But I'm telling you, when you encounter good community, strong community, it's a game changer. It's a game changer in nearly every aspect of your life. And I say all that to remind you that our tribe registration is open right now. And we twice a year, <laughs> twice a year, we open up tribe registration. It's a six-month commitment. We have daily Bible reading. We have a supplemental book that we go through, uh, weekly challenge videos. We have Zoom calls. But beyond that, that's the online portion for the most part. That's the individual aspect of that. Beyond that, you're a part of a community that is so much bigger than yourself. For some guys, they got guys who live within their state. Some guys are you know, outside of the U.S., whatever. You're a part of something so much bigger than yourself. And I used to say in the early days of tribe, like, hey, you ought to consider it, or hey, this is something you should think about. I'm telling you, you need to register for this. And uh, some of you will do that. Some of you will do that. And in April and May, you'll say, I'm so glad I did that. What was I waiting on? I put this off, you know, because I'll, I'll get the next one. Probably won't. But here's what I'm telling you. You guys that don't do it, you're going to spend another six, eight months hoping that community magically happens or that you can somehow convince yourself you don't need it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I, I need it. And, you know, we had the retreat recently and, that's where a lot of guys who listen to this stuff or are a part of tribe or in the herd, they come and they gather and it's just, it's a glimpse of what I think heaven's going to be like. I, I really do. I think that's what heaven's going to be like. The sad thing is about these retreats and the hiking and the things that we do, they end and, and heaven won't. So um, <clears throat> we're doing our best to build community right now. And I'm inviting you to be a part of it. You go to the pursuit of manliness.com. You can go forward slash tribe, which is going to give you more information, or you can go to the gear store where you can register for tribe right now. And I want to say one last thing about tribe. The registration ends on November 20th. We're capping this at 200. 
200 guys, uh, this session, I think we have 180 right now. So 200, that's our cap. And so if you're trying to delay or whatever, um, I'm telling you, don't delay. And, and you, you pay it all up front. It comes out to, you know, 25 bucks a month. I took my son to McDonald's the other day and I think it was almost $20. I'm like, what did we get? Um, just a couple quote unquote value meals. That's what we got. So, uh, it comes out to about 25 bucks a month. And, and I, I promise you, I promise you, you get far more than that out of it. I, I guarantee it. And you don't have to take my word. Just, just check out some of the guys that are a part of it. You can see the pictures. You can see the stories. You see the things that are happening. And I'm telling you, we, we want you to be a part of this. So as we've been walking through Genesis, and the way I see it, we'll just continue to do this even after we get out of Genesis. Genesis 40 is where we come to. Uh, last week, we talked about Joseph and Potiphar's wife and just having a proactive approach. Say, I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to fall into that. I'm not, I'm not going to... I'm not, I'm not going to give in to things that I know are wrong, and I'm not going to sin against God. And I know for an, a number of guys that can be a real challenge, but Joseph's heart, I believe, was constantly being worked on. Joseph continually found himself, once he is sold into slavery, in positions where he is, one, still a slave, but two, positions where he has some influence. And I think that happens because Joseph isn't just going to sit and sulk. He has every right to do so. I mean, every right to do so. When you look at this, like he was sold into slavery, you're like, yeah, that seems like a justifiable reason to have a bad attitude for a while. Well, it didn't because he went into Potiphar's house. He's essentially number two. He's he's up at the top. And uh, Potiphar says, I, I'm not I'm not concerning myself with anything with you, you, except you can leave the food I eat alone. You're not my chef. I got a chef. But everything else, man, I, I, I completely trust you. Well, Joseph's going to end up in prison because the false accusation that he attempted to rape uh, Potiphar's wife, which we know through the text isn't true. Actually, he tried to avoid it, avoid her at all costs, but was he was trapped, if you will, uh, decides, I'm not staying here, flees. And uh, because of the evidence that's left behind, she says, see, look at this. This is his. He tried to rape me. Genesis 40, it says, Some, Sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and the, and the baker committed an offense against the Lord, the king of Egypt. I don't know what the offense is, but Pharaoh was angry with his two officers and the cupbearer and the chief baker, and he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. It just so happens that Joseph's in the prison where these two men who have committed some kind of offense are placed in the prison. What could the offense be? It has to be a big deal, or does it? I say it has to be a big deal because, number one, you'd have to trust the, your cupbearer. This is the guy that's supposed to take a swig before you do, and he didn't die? He's good? Okay, we're in. All right, needs more ice? All right, let's get more ice. Your baker, you know, that's the guy that, you know, let's let's be honest, you know, it's, he's, your, he's your Panera. He's bringing you, you know, your stuff, your, 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 your donuts, your sandwiches, whatever, you, whatever you're eating here. These two guys are vital. If you wanted to knock somebody off the throne, get in their food, get in their drink. Something happens. I don't know if these two are jacking around. I don't know if these two are playing like pranks on each other, you know, sticking their hand in their armpit, making fart noises. I don't know what's going on, but Pharaoh's like, I'm done with you guys. I'm done with you guys. Go, go stick them in prison for a while. Give them a timeout in prison. Well, while they're there, they just so happen to be in the same place that Joseph's there. And I don't think it's a so happens to be. God knew exactly what he's doing here. The captain of the guard, verse 4, appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them. This is Joseph kind of being over these guys. Now, how strange is this? Here's this Hebrew who gets brought to Egypt. He's serving as a slave. 
He's been now punished, so he's put in prison. The guard says, this guy's exceptional. We're going to put him over the king's servants? Seems like you kind of flipped the script there. Unless the guard knew Joseph ain't going anywhere. Nobody's coming back for Joseph. Nobody's trying to visit this guy. This guy is going to die in this cell. Why on earth would Joseph ever get out of that place? There's no one who's going to come to his defense. There's no one who's going to come knock on the door and saying, hey, can we, can we get Joseph for a while? You know, he, he needs some fresh air. He needs to go stretch his legs. We need to take him into the marketplace. Nobody's going to do that for him. For Joseph, this has to feel like a death sentence. These two guys show up. Verse 6, Joseph came to them in the morning. He saw that they were troubled. I don't know about you, but there are plenty of times when I'm having a bad day, and I don't care if you're having a bad day. That sounds so mean, doesn't it? But it's true. So I'm not in a good mood. I got running run into the grocery store. You know, the wife says, hey, can you get some uh, pesto? Never can find pesto, right? Can you find some, you know, there's always this ingredient that I'm literally standing in the store going, in what aisle would this particular product be? And I know I don't want to come back with the wrong thing because I don't want to come back again and do this again. So I'm, I'm not in a great mood. And so there's a person who comes by in a card. I don't go, are you okay? Maybe you do. Maybe you're much kinder than I am, but I don't. I'm stuck in traffic. I'm not really concerned about you sitting in traffic with me, right? Like I'm like, can, can I get over? No, you should have thought about that a mile and a half back. We, we've had the merge sign for long enough. You know, you're at a restaurant, you don't get your food. You're not really concerned about the other table unless they get their food ahead of you, right? Then that is the unpardonable sin. We were here first. How dare they get food? Their food looks much more complicated than my meal that I ordered. What is going on in the back? They are sabotaging me back there in the kitchen. Sometimes you have moments where you go, I'm not really concerned with other people. We should be. That is a reflection of our heart. Joseph's heart says, what's going on with these guys? Joseph uh, confronts them that are troubled, and he asks for his officers who are with him and custody them out of the house, why is your face downcast today? Well, we're in prison. I mean, shouldn't that be enough reason to have, you know, maybe not the best attitude, the best outlook? Now, this is different. Joseph knows that this is different. They're, they're, not, they're not responding like they typically would. This Something's different about these guys. So the, the chief cupbearer, and the bakers say, we had some dreams. And Joseph says, don't all interpretations belong to God? Tell me about them. What a unique transition. He's not calling himself God. What he's telling him is, I'm in tune with the Lord. I think that's important because there will be people that we're going to come in contact with who are going to have some issues. Some of them are believers. Some of them are unbelievers. It's more important to get them to the Lord. It's more important to tell them what the Lord says. And that's ultimately what Joseph's saying. He's not going to quote scripture. He doesn't have scripture. He's in prison. He's living scripture. We do have scripture. And to give them our counsel or to give them our advice isn't really going to do a lot. What Joseph says is, you tell me what's going on. I'm going to bring it to the Lord, and I'll tell you what I feel like God is telling me. So they begin to tell him. The uh, cupbearer says, hey, I had this dream. Cups in my hand. I uh, took grapes. I pressed them into Pharaoh's cup. Placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said, here's the interpretation. In three days, 72 hours, you're going back to work. You're going back to work to your original post. Pharaoh's going to lift your head up. It's going to be good, all good. Verse 14, though, this is important. You want to get a perspective of chapter 40. Chapter 40, verse 14. What perspective? What's going on in Joseph's life? For, he says, only remember me when it is well with you, and please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh, and so get me out of this house. 
For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here I have done nothing that they should put me in the pit. Have you been there? Have you been there where you feel like you have been forgotten? Maybe you're at a job and you're like, man, I keep getting overlooked. Maybe you're at a place where you feel like, God, you have completely forgotten me. Maybe you're at a place where you feel like your, your, your kids have forgotten you. They went off, they went to college. The only ways you know that they remember you is you get the credit card statement or you get the uh, you know, semester bill, whatever. Maybe you feel like you know, your friends that you thought were your friends forgot you. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I've shared on a number of occasions that I used to serve in children's ministry a long time, and that's a ministry that I feel like is easily forgotten until you really need something. You want to do a special event? Suddenly everybody needs child care. Hey, children's pastor, can you get some of your volunteers? You know, the ones that serve with kids every weekend, the ones that put up with all the noise, that get drop off, parents get upset, the sticker rules and all that stuff. Would you find some more of those people so we can watch these people's kids while we have a women's Bible study or we have a concert or we have a picnic or we have, would you just watch them so the kids are out of our hair? Could you find some? Other than that, I, you know, I, I would feel that all the time. Like, man, we're building these teams. We're creating these environments. We're, we're theming them out because that looks better to all the new families that come. We got shirts for all of our volunteers. We background checked all our volunteers. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. It was never seen as this vital thriving. It didn't matter. So you're like, man, you're sitting in a meeting and you're thinking, they see me as the daycare provider, not any kind of leadership. And you know what? That's really hard in the moment, but I'm so much better for it today. I really, I, I am. And I know there's a lot of children's pastors in the exact same boat because I've talked to you. I have a heart for you. Maybe you feel like you've been forgotten at your job. Maybe you feel like you've been forgotten in life. Maybe you feel like God's forgotten you. You go outside and go, what gives? What gives? Will you get me out of this situation? I don't, I don't deserve to be in this situation. Technically, Joseph didn't do anything wrong to be in this predicament. His brother sold him. Potiphar's wife lies about him. He's in the pit. He's sitting here in this pit. This is his way out. And he says, just don't forget me. Just get me out of this place. Joseph knows nobody's going to come look for him. Joseph knows that his brothers aren't coming. They thought he's gone. His dad thinks he's dead. There's nobody in the land that says, I'm going to check on that guy. Well, the baker says, I like that. I like that. Okay. Well, by the way, hey, right, by the way, I had a dream too. And he tells him the dream. Joseph says, three days Pharaoh will lift up your head from you. He says, you're fixing on dying. You talk about an, you talk about an uncomfortable 72 hours. An uncomfortable 72 hours that Joseph's going to sit in there with these guys. And one guy, I can't wait to get out. And he's like, is it time? Is it time? Is it time? And the other guy's like, I need more time. I need more time. I need more time. Yet here's Joseph communicating to them the things of God, even though he feels like he's utterly forgotten. He's been forgotten. He's overlooked. And yet here's Joseph still going to do the right thing. And verse 23, after these three th days happened, yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. And next week we'll get to this. After two whole years, he forgets him for two years. Man, I don't know what season of life you're in. Maybe you're in that season where you say, I feel like God has forgotten me for two whole years. 
or 22 years. I don't know what it is, but I promise you this. God has not forgotten you. Think of the Psalms, how many times that David writes, don't forget me, don't forget, like, remember me, remember me, remember me. Jesus on the cross says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you allowed these things to happen? Listen, when you walk with God, you never walk alone, regardless of what the world tells you, regardless of what the season you're in, regardless of what storm you're enduring, you never walk alone. You'll feel like you're forgotten. You feel like you're overlooked. You feel like nobody notices you. You feel like nobody pays attention to you. Man, listen, we're all in that place from time to time. And you can wander in that place in a moment's notice. You can have a day where things are going good and suddenly something can happen and you can immediately feel like, I have nobody. That is a lie from the pit of hell. First of all, you have other brothers in Christ. And I'm telling you, if you don't, this is what we work for with the pursuit of mailing is to create community, worldwide community. Some of them are local, some of them are global, but I'm going to tell you this. I woke up today and on my WhatsApp, which I can still barely figure out how to use, on my WhatsApp, there were seven messages, now there's like nine, from the guys in the international tribe, the guys that live outside the U.S., they're not all living next to each other. They're communicating. They're talking about where they connect with God. They're showing a picture of one of their kids drew a picture of Jesus. And they're having these conversations all together. They, it can happen. You don't have to live this life or feel like you're alone. But even in the midst of community, even in the midst of a, a men's retreat where it's packed with people, even in the midst on one of our hikes or campouts where you could still feel like, do I matter? Does anyone notice me? Am I forgotten? Brother, I want to implore you. You are not forgotten. You are not overlooked. There are people who, who need you. There are people who depend on you. There are people who are learning from you. There are people who are much better because of your presence. Do not believe for a moment that you're forgotten, that you're overlooked. The Bible's pretty clear. When we walk with God, we never walk alone. But I also want to reiterate, if you engage in communities like this, we notice you. People notice you. We need you. I say all the time in tribe, it's not a come sit at Jared's feet and learn from me. No, no, no. It's get in this community because you're going to learn from different people. You're going to connect with different people. We have guys holding each other accountable because of uh, things that there are similar seasons of life, similar convictions, similar struggles, similar types of work, so all, all these things. It takes time and engagement. Joseph didn't have a lot of options here. You do. Check out Genesis chapter 40, amen? I'll talk to you in a bit. Once again, thank you for listening to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. If you would, make sure you visit iTunes and leave a five-star review. Again, for more information or find out more information about the herd, visit thepursuitofmanliness.com.